what is a naturalist? A naturalist is someone who looks at a tree and thinks of soil. A naturalist is someone who gazes at a mountain and sees a growing delta. A naturalist is someone who peers into a deep, clear spring and imagines cold, dark caverns. A naturalist is someone who gauges the seasons by the fading of the flowers and the arrival of geese. A naturalist absorbs, experiences, shares, perceives, dreams, and imagines along every step of the trail. A naturalist knows and doesn't know, sees and doesn't see, but always with a sense of wonder. Are you ready for the end of the world? <laughs> you don't have to throw that in. Come on. <laughs> it makes it sound more, uh, more ominous. So how do we make it not ominous? It's like... Well, we can buy listening to your community spirit. Yeah. This is your community spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to your community spirit on your community radio station. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. All right. Some happenings, some good news, some bad news. But first of all, our energy tip of the week. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to every once in a while throw out energy tips. We're still at level one. Level one are simple things you can do. And if you take these actions as we work through all of them, you can save up to at least 30% of your energy. Level one, let your clothes breathe. Did you know that you were, what is it, suffocating your clothes? <laughs> you can take the step of hanging your clothes out to dry. That's right. Clothes actually like to be air dried. Did you know that actually 32 million people, it's illegal for them to hang their clothes out? <laughs> but some of them do it anyway. Yeah, they're rebels. They're being <laughs> rebels. So, <laughs> Why should you let your clothes hang out to dry? Well... Actually, the drying cycle is one of the most energy-intensive things that you do besides heating your house with electricity. So it's like the second most energy-intensive thing. Basically, any time you heat with electricity, it uses a lot. So letting clothes air dry will actually accomplish this task for free. (laughs) The power of the sun. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so shall we get into some... News stories here, too. Some little news shorts. Uh, this first one is uh, dust bowls. <clears throat> excuse me. Dust bowls, water shortages, and toxins drive people from their homes. Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> it's just like... 
Well, basically, it's talking about how climate change is having an effect already. So I wanted to at least mention it. Well, I mean, um, recently, well, we, we saw that with the, you know, the May 8th storm here where a lot of people, well, not a lot, but some people left the area because it was a lot of trouble. Some, and then we've been seeing that recently in um, other areas. Well, I mean, people still have not moved back to New Orleans. Yeah. Um, that's an extreme, but yeah. So, have you been following anything about beekeeping? There's apparently a shortage of bees, and we need bees to, well, create food. Yeah. I, they need to pollinate stuff. I've heard uh, firsthand local stories of bees not being plentiful enough. Yeah, well, here's one kind of local. If Chicago O'Hare Airport is local, Airport Beekeeping Project is a win. Win, win. A new project raising bees on underdeveloped land near Chicago's O'Hare Airport trains ex-convicts in the art and science of beekeeping and sells the resulting honey and beeswax to support the whole program. If you'd like to read more about that, you must get our newsletter, which we send out every week, usually right before the show, so some people can read the show while we're talking the show. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's an exciting project. <laughs> now this is exciting. Yeah, Fox News admits the facts. Uh, that okay? Let me. It's hard for me to believe, so my mind is not parsing it properly. Yeah, there's, there's a little catch. Yeah. <clears throat> Fox News admits the facts back man-made global warming. So they're admitting that the facts back this man-made global warming stuff. Uh, in a segment on Fox and Friends, the hosts teamed up uh, to bash John Huntsman. Uh, he's behind in the polls and has been publicly criticized for his uh, criticizing his rivals for their extreme views, especially on science. But the interesting part comes around two and a half minutes in, when the host says that fact checkers have looked into it, and well, Huntsman is right about the whole global warming hoax stuff being a nonsense. Luckily, nobody watches that Fox particular show, so uh -huh. you know nobody actually found that out. But. Well, someone found it out because there's an actual person. His sole job is to watch that, <laughs> you know, well, there's a media organization and they have, you know, people who take turns whose their sole job is to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so they actually admitted that uh, the, the hoax idea is nonsense, that there is actually evidence for climate change. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, it was like there are people in the back office, the fact checkers, are actually looking into it and, you know, are kind of... Kind of, you know, well, yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, we, we checked the facts. There's actually overwhelming evidence in favor of this. Yeah, so, but, um, <laughs> yeah, let's not muddy the waters with facts. Yeah, that's like in the newspapers when they would print something sensationalist on page one and then do a correction on page, like, 57. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Public opinion on the climate just tipped. One of the hallmarks of tipping points is that you actually don't know... You're in one. There's growing agreement that peak oil, for example, happened between 2004 and 2008. Still, you're never sure such inflection points until well after the fact. This week, however, sure feels like the tipping point on the public opinion on cl the climate. Climate opinion just tipped. Why do we say that? In the last week, Australia, with huge... Huge oil reserves, but rapidly passing the Arctic as ground zero for the climate impacts with 
epic fires, droughts, floods, hurricanes, and dust storms passed a carbon credit law with a tax coming up next. Yes, and also uh, Canada uh, rolled out regulation that will likely phase out coal by mid-century. That's pretty exciting. Michael Mann's hockey stick research was once and for all vindicated. Yeah, it's it's such a graphic visual that people have been trying to criticize it, but it has been vindicated. Uh, prominent Republicans like John Huntsman and Chris Christie agree that climate science is real, and there's even pressure within the GOP to not become the anti-science party. In fact, when Rick Perry denied climate science, he wasn't just censured by some Republicans. He was instantly and vigorously debunked by the Washington Post. Slam. Wow. (laughs) The press is finally doing its job by calling out deniers like Rick Perry out of their climate claims. Well, because they're so extreme. I mean. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, last and perhaps most important, uh, prominent intellectuals, scholars, and youth people who always make up revolutions and are regularly jailed in less freedom-friendly countries, uh, were arrested and imprisoned for peaceful protests in our nation's capital and kept overnight on the eve of the national dedication of a memorial to Martin Luther King Jr. So exciting. People are getting, pe- people are getting a little hot under the collar about this climate change issue. <laughs> True song made a joke. <laughs> so um, here's a little tidbit that just jumped out at me. There are now one billion cars stuck in traffic around the world. Now, one of the things, or or I made up a new title, or uh-huh. I really wish that other guy would get a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's pretty interesting. If people all had electric cars, if you're stuck in traffic, when you s- stop, it quits using energy. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. one of the primary advantages of electric car: stop and go traffic. Yeah, so. You're not spewing out. You're not using energy at all when, well, you're stopped. Electric vehicles just eat that up. <laughs> yeah, so, so according to the most recent stats, there are now a record 1 billion cars on the world's roads. 1 billion cars doing long and short commutes. 1 billion cars spurring the growth of unsustainable suburbs. 1 billion cars stuck in traffic around the world. In other words, there's one person... With one car for every person in China. Uh-huh. Or a car for every seven people worldwide. And the number is actually expected to double in the next 40 years. There are clearly a number of reasons to be concerned about this. Of course, you know, the pollution coming from cars is a large contributor to climate change. But... Let's see what else we can talk about. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of cars out there. Also causes a lot of accidents, too. <laughs> a lot of people stuck in traffic and being unhappy. Well, the nice thing is, in the U.S., we're only growing about 1% a year. However, in China, registrations grew by 27.5%. So, and, you know, a lot of other countries are jumping on board Brazil added 2.5 million, and there are now 21 million cars in India. So um, hmm. we actually have as many cars as we have people in the U.S. <laughs> so, oh. And the rest of the world are trying to catch up to us. Someone's bouncing me out there with two cars. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Okay, so should we get into some other news here? 
Let's see. I already mentioned this one. Uh, how about... Uh, food. Yes, food. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. On Friday, the USDA uh, rejected New York City's proposal to restrict the use of food stamps to buy soda. According to the New York Times, uh, there was much rejoicing. You shouldn't be able to buy <laughs> soda with food stamps. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, it's it's not healthy food. On the other hand, I worry about them being too picky about, uh, you know, what they're, you know, as long as they're spending it on something food-oriented. <laughs> well, I mean, the problem is, is the majority of people who live in the inner cities don't have access yeah, to, to healthier food. food, yeah. Their only access to food is literally at convenience marts and gas stations. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know that if they don't live in those neighborhoods. But, yeah, there's whole neighborhoods where that's where your food comes from. That's my one concern about things like this. So imagine if they made it so that you couldn't use food stamps to buy candy bars and soda. Those convenience stores would start stocking stuff that people need. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it would be nice if we it is a it does point to a very important flaw in our food system is that, you know, people don't have access to healthy food. Even sometimes if you give them the the uh financial assistance to buy food, if if they've got to go out of their way to get healthy food and they don't know where to get it, then that's an additional problem. But I do like the idea of looking at health for uh people, uh people of all economic levels. Cuz soda, I do I'll admit I do sometimes drink soda. You know, sometimes I drink a lot of soda if it happens to be there, but I know it's not healthy, and I don't drink it every day. Well, actually, I mean, a lot of people, that is their only source of liquid. I mean, Yeah, they get, they get thirsty and they drink soda, not realizing that both the high-fructose corn syrup and the caffeine dehydrate them. Yeah. Since it's a liquid, they're like, ah, refreshing. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, <laughs> they're still dehydrated. <laughs> I, okay. I'd say the main thing, the food selling industry contended that it would be too complicated for stores to pre-program their registers that, mm -hmm. you know, in the city it's one thing and out in the country it's a different. Uh -huh. But that, they have it now that sales tax for different counties, different cities are different. Yeah. And every uh -huh. register is registered different. For yeah, that's a, that's a faulty argument. I mean, you know, unless you're like at a really old store with just a manual cash register, you know, and then you're not having stuff programmed in anyway well i mean they you know if it's a manual store i mean they they'll know they're like well you can't buy this and you yeah can't buy it. I mean, it's like, and if it's all automated the computers can handle it now the computers know you know you could have different products within a product line be different the computers prices. know yeah <laughs> how about how to save money on eating out five ways to save money when eating out i know you do i love eating out Someone else does the cooking, the dishes, the sweeping up. What's not to love? Oh, right. The bill. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, I, I really enjoy, I personally have a new rule that I will only eat out as a social. Mm, yeah. So it's not like I'm just eating out for the food. I'm eating out for the social aspect. So here's a few things to do. Eat out more than in. No, I don't mean in a restaurant more than at home. A home-cooked meal is almost always going to be less expensive than a dine-out experience. But eating at a food truck or a street vendor versus at a full-service restaurant is always going to be cheaper and, well, more fun. So, <laughs> yeah. Another tip is skipping the beverages. Oh, well, um, we just, we, just, <laughs> just drink water because, yeah. uh, number one, we already mentioned you get probably dehydrated anyway. <laughs> number two, especially if you go to a place like a movie theater, 
I don't even know how like three, four dollars for a small soda. Oh, you soda. haven't been in a long time. <laughs> it's like seven bucks, baby. <laughs> it's, just, it's ridiculous, <laughs> and it, it's the most expensive part of the, the thing. You could just have water. Yeah. Um. Have water before you go if you go into the movie theater because they're not going to give you water. <laughs> you know, you could get you could get water with a slice of lemon. That's classy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you can act like it has gin in it. No. <laughs> Split everything. Uh, a very large group of people can go and, you know, order two entrees and split it. Unless you're me, I need two entrees just for myself. But, Or, you know, I usually eat out and I want to take some home. But, you know, a family of four can order one entree and two entry and two, one appetizer and two entrees to share among, you know, two adults and a couple kids, <laughs> you know. Yeah, some restaurants even specialize that. When I was in Indianapolis, uh... What was it called? Like Buca de Capelli's? There was this one restaurant where the platters were for groups, you know. And then it was, <clears throat> you know, it was, it was like $10, $15 for a platter, but it would feed, you know, four people. I like going to those. They're, they don't have them very often anymore. Family-style restaurants. Yeah, that's what this was like. It was like a family-style restaurant. Because I went to one in Iowa at the Mana Colonies, and that you would order your main dish, you know, let's say fried chicken or a burger or whatever. But then everything else was shared. Yeah. So mashed potatoes, green beans, corn, all that stuff was shared by everybody. So. Yeah, and that's a social experience, too. Actually, locally they do that. Family style at Giant City, if you have the all-you-can-eat chicken. So mm-hmm. they do all that. So, um, All right, let's see. Having dessert somewhere else, too. Ha. I disagree, my friend. <laughs> Always have dessert first. Yeah. And then you don't eat as much food because yeah. you're full because dessert is all the stuff that you really want. <laughs> well, then you could go out and have dessert as the meal you have when you're eating out and then go home and eat something healthy <laughs> when you uh, get home. <laughs> there you go. Now you're talking. Always have dessert first, my friends. Always. Because <laughs> life is short. Eat dessert first. <laughs> That's my philosophy. The rest of the food, you can always take the rest of the food home. Dessert doesn't really travel home too well. Mm-hmm. So I tend to... I finally figured out how to get uh, waiters and waitresses to bring me my dessert first. I say, can I have my dessert as my appetizer? <laughs> and they're like, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> splurge on lunch. If eating out for you is about the experience of a particular restaurant or cuisine, consider going to that fancy restaurant for lunch. They always have lunch specials that they give you extra things. They might give you, you know, an extra egg roll or, you know, a dessert or something like that as part of the the lunch. And then, you know, it might be a little smaller, but usually you get a lot better bang for your buck. So, Mm -hmm. um, remember that a $5 here and a $5 there can actually quickly add up to $100. I, it amazes me how much we spend for eating out on a regular basis. So, so, I would like people to email us what your favorite tricks for saving money when you're eating out or eating in. <laughs> what are some, you know, great tricks for saving money? And if you send us some and you send us some, <laughs> we will read them on the radio next week. So our our email is info at yourcommunityspirit.org. My email is treesong at treesong.org. All right. Did you hear about this? Uh, which one? The scary foods? 
<laughs> I was thinking about the earthquake, but... Oh, know, yeah, I heard about the earthquake, too. Yeah, they're both... Yeah, let's mention... They're both a little scary. Let's mention the earthquake and then the scary foods. Uh, Virginia's earthquake triggered nuclear reactors shutdown, explained. Uh, so they had this earthquake on the East Coast, as really? you may have heard. Yeah. Oh, I, I hadn't heard, but <laughs> Facebook talked all about it. Oh, yeah, well, that's where I heard was friends on Facebook. <laughs> uh, Friends on a, a social networking site that we don't need to name because it's already popular enough already. <laughs> uh, I also heard about it on Google+. Plus. Uh, but let's see. <laughs> so uh, anyway, earthquake on the East Coast. Uh, you, what you may not have heard if you're not actually from the East Coast is that two nuclear reactors uh, at the North Anna Power Station in Louisa, uh, Louisa County, Virginia, were shut down. Uh, and it's, it's a precaution because, you know, the Earth's shaking you don't want uh, the nuclear reactor to... I don't know. Was it a precaution or did something go terribly wrong? Yeah. I mean, that's... Do we know? Not for sure. Yeah, we don't know for sure. And they might not be telling us for sure. Yeah. Um, if you would like a, a link to the report, please email us. Um, it is in our newsletter, so... Yes. And... Uh, Scary food. Yes. One of least mention the headline of this and we can get to some happenings. But uh, Scary Food... ConAgra sued over natural, quote-unquote, GM cooking oils. The funniest thing is they're sued by Monsanto. <laughs> okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Um, yeah, this is like a comedy of errors sort of thing. <laughs> like, first, first ConAgra puts out this uh, cooking oil, calls it all natural, and it's got genetically modified organisms in it. Uh, West, Western brand cooking oils. <laughs> And so there's a class action lawsuit filed against food giant ConAgra over the deceptive marketing of these products as natural. Uh, but then the GMOs are not exactly considered natural by a lot of people, including apparently Monsanto. Uh, the complaint cites a definition of GMOs by none other than Monsanto, uh, the company most notorious for its promotion of the technology. According to Monsanto, GMOs are, uh, quote, Plant or animals that have had their genetic makeup altered to exhibit traits that are not naturally theirs. Ooh. So they're right there in the definition. It's not natural. So <laughs> we have here the words of Monsanto, the champion of uh, genetically modified organisms, being used to sue ConAgra for claiming that GMOs are natural. <laughs> and if you would like to get on there... Um an example is Cheetos Natural Puff White Cheddar Cheese Flavored Snacks. It's cheese flavored, <laughs> natural. It came straight from the garden, right? Yeah. So. You got to worry about anything that says cheese flavored or cheese food instead of cheese. So, and apparently natural also. Here's a quote straight from the the movie Fast Food Nation. Yeah. Quote: hmm. If they have to put the food natural on a box to convince you. It probably isn't. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good rule of thumb. So, um, if you have ate anything that says natural on it, um, you can join the class action lawsuit. Did you know that specifically up to 85% of U.S. corn is now genetically engineered and 91% of soybeans? That's right. So, this is going to be a very interesting lawsuit. So, hmm. all right. Some holidays coming up. Today, we are celebrating the fact that today is Women's Equality Day. Celebrate the 1920 passage of the 19th Amendment to the Constitution, which gave American women full writing votes. 
Uh, full of voting rights. <laughs> that too. <laughs> the holiday was first established in 1971 and has been celebrated nationally ever since. <laughs> yeah. So today is Women's Equality Day. Yeah, almost 100 years now we've considered women to be actual persons in the public arena. <laughs> of course, today is also National Dog Day. Come on. It's just like... That's, yeah, that's bad timing. <laughs> they need to change National Dog Day. Yeah, so... Uh, so, yeah, Women's Equality Day, very good. I, I, I joke about it only because it's a bit hard for me to wrap my mind around that it's that recent, you know, that's uh, back in the 19... 19- well, I guess 1919, because then in 1920 they changed back it. Back in the 1919s. I was going to say, yeah, back at, yeah. But anyway, that it's been less than a century that women were not considered a part of the public sphere and not allowed to vote. And it's it shows we have to be vigilant to be sure we don't go back in that direction. Uh, so, yeah, some other holidays. Uh, let's see. The birthday of President Lyndon Baines Johnson. More importantly, <laughs> tomorrow. Yes. The birthday of Mother Teresa. I didn't know they shared a birthday. That's pretty interesting. And Independence Day of Moldova. Yes. So uh, Sunday, uh, Dream Day, Quest, and Jubilee. Uh, Let's see. Race Your Mouse Around the Icons Day. Can I just do that today? (laughs) That's kind of an old school holiday, but there's still icons on the desktops. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) Monday is the beginning of Burning Man 2011. And Eid al-Fitr, which begins at sundown, celebrating the fast of uh, Islamic holiday. Monday is also m- more herbs, less salt day, the anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. Hmm. So. Huh. And Tuesday is National Holistic Pet Day. Uh, it's also birthday of Fred McMurray, the actor, and Ted Williams, the baseball star. And it's... Uh, Huey P. Long Day in Louisiana. Uh, I wonder if I can say this. Let's see. Wednesday is Love Litigating Lawyers Day. <laughs> All right. It's the anniversary of the death of Diana, Princess of Wales, and Freedom Day in Malaysia. <laughs> Freedom's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, and coming up on Thursday, uh, I don't know the story about this one, Chicken Boy's Birthday. <laughs> and... Thursday is the Independence Day for Uzbekistan. Hmm. All right, let's get into some happenings. We have less than five minutes. Yes. Today, International Coffee Hour. Today is actually the first one of the semester, and it will be at the Rec Center from 3 to 5 p.m., the Recreation Center upstairs. I forget what that room is called, but that's today. And today is the last Friday of the month. So what does that mean? It means critical mass. Critical mass? Yes. Bikes. Yes, I've heard of that. Bikes riding around to show that bikes do, in fact, get to ride in the street. Yeah. If you get a bunch of them, it makes it clear that they get to ride in the street. (laughs) The last Friday of every month meets 530 in front of the student center, and you will see a lot of people riding bicycles around town usually a pretty large group you know 30 to 50 people riding around so mm-hmm. yes and uh tonight's also is the uh, uh rice and spice international slow food dinner uh this week's theme is a turkish iftar dinner uh we're in the uh holy month of ramadan uh there's a month of fasting uh, they fast during the day and uh, break the fast uh at uh, sunset 
And so in the evening when the sun has set, the fast is broken with a dinner called iftar. So we're going to be celebrating that at Rice and Spice over at uh, Guy House, 913 South Illinois. Uh, starts at 6 p.m. The fast isn't actually broken until sunset, which I've heard is 7.37 today. Uh, it's about that time. I don't know the exact time. Uh, but, but so, yeah, get to come and uh, cook food with good people, share delicious food. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully I'll see you there. Also at the same time, Carbondale Community Friday Night Fair at the Carbondale Town Square Pavilion. This is Fridays from 6 to 9 p.m. through October 28th. The Friday Night Fair is a back-to-basics event targeted at drawing the community together. Food, kids' games, music, um, farmer's market, um, art (laughs) vendors... Basically, people just enjoy coming to the fair for the chance to relax and enjoy community and you know, buy some food and buy some art. So. <laughs> yes, also going on uh, tonight, the Sustainable Living film at the Long Branch. Uh, they've had a series of those. Uh, tonight's is called Gasland. It's very important. I've seen it. It's about uh, hydraulic fracking, a practice to try to get natural gas. And there's a lot of evidence that it pollutes the water supplies, that accidents happen and the water gets contaminated. Now, if you, you get a gold star if you manage to go to the sustainability film and the Friday night fair and the iftar dinner. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give you a cookie if you make it to all three of those. You yeah, have yeah. cookies? I don't currently, but I'll get you a nice uh, town square market uh, cookie. All right. <laughs> Saturday from 8 until noon until the end of November is the farmer's market. Lots of vegetables, lots of farmers, lots of good, 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 good food. That is on the west side of town. Just look for a lot of cars and a lot of people. So, hmm. All right. There's also the uh, Vigil for Peace happening Saturdays at noon to 1 p.m. on the corner of Illinois and Maine. Uh, those happen every week. There's also, we'll mention soon, there are peace events coming up, the 11 Days of Peace in September. Stay tuned for that. All right. Uh, this fall at Gaia House Yoga on Sundays at 4.30 and 6. Yeah, Questions of Faith and Reality on Monday at 6 p.m. That went really well last semester, and I'm looking forward to going to that this semester. Women Being, second Tuesdays at 7. Women Being is a women's non-denominational spiritual study group. Yes, and uh, nonviolent communication practice on Thursdays at 5 p.m. at uh, Guy House. And every Thursday at 6 p.m., Interveg Vegetarian Vegan Potluck. Yes. And getting a lot of deliveries of CSA vegetables from Hollow Pumpkin Farm. So come and cook and eat and talk and what other things do you do? (laughs) Maybe wash some dishes, but, you know, mainly cook and eat and talk. (laughs) I heard it went well last night. All right. Hopefully we'll see you on the radio next week. It was 75 degrees this morning. Does that mean it's fall already? (laughs) Fall has come early. It definitely means enjoy the weekend because August is supposed to be here. (laughs) And I don't want to hear anybody complaining that it's hot because August is supposed to be hot. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Enjoy the weekend. Have fun out there.